BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to a Britflix.com podcast. Today I've got with me two guests, so you'll have to fight it amongst yourselves when, when we get to answers, okay? Um, I've got with me Colin Geddes and Sam Zimmerman, and they're Hello. Hi- hello. <laughs> sorry, sorry, was I not, I'm just, sorry I said hello too quickly. It's okay, eagerness is to be encouraged. Um <laughs> And they're, they're eagerly waiting to introduce the world to, oh, well, at least UK, should I say, because I think it's already available elsewhere, uh, Shudder, which is uh, a new film service, which I discovered at Frightfest this year, which should give you a clue as to what type of service it is. So, um, does one of you want to give like a brief, a brief description as to what Shudder is and what British film fans can expect? Yeah, we're strictly heart-wrenching dramas. Uh, we're looking to make you cry. Uh, <laughs> we are um, a, a horror-focused streaming service that the mission statement is essentially that we are a curated horror-focused streaming service with Colin and I as the curators uh, handcrafting the library. Mm-hmm. We want to be a, a wide, welcoming, wonderful world of horror films and genre films for anyone who is sort of casually getting into it to anyone who is as devoted as I think we are or more devoted than us. Uh, I don't want to put us on a pedestal. Um, that's really the mission statement. And, and how do we do that from the beginning of horror, from, from early films right up until the new stuff that we'll be releasing ourselves and are really excited about? Fantastic, fantastic. Now, if you're going to be curating this service, do you want, for, the, for the people that don't know who you are, uh, do you want... Do you want to give each of you, do you want to give us your, your horror credentials, as it were? Yeah, this, this is Colin here. Uh, so I have been the programmer of the Midnight Madness selection uh, at the Toronto National Film Festival now for 20 years. Uh, Midnight Madness, that's uh, 10 films that play throughout the course of the film festival, of course, at midnight. They're always wild and crazy, uh, horror, action, black comedy. But in the past 20 years, I've been... Uh, Responsible for breaking out new names in the horror genre, such as Alex Aja. We had, we had the uh, premiere of High Tension. Okay. Uh, little filmmaker no one knew called Eli Roth. Uh, <laughs> we also had uh, Jim, Mick, uh, yeah, Jim Mickle. Uh, we had Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. 
Um, I mean, just you're talking to us currently in the middle of the film festival, mm. and uh, we just had the premiere of Blair Witch uh, the other day. Um, so yeah, I know a thing or two about horror. I've also been um, like a, a fanzine journalist back in the day, uh, managed a video store. You know, uh, I did the hard years, even a theatrical exhibition. I've done a lot of screenings of um, classic horror films here in Toronto. So uh, uh, I think uh, I, I know my onions when it comes to horror. Sounds like you do. Go on, Sam. Do you want to give us your credentials? Yeah. So um, I saw Castle Freak when I was like seven years old and have been fairly troubled ever since. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I just grew up a horror kid, a, a film kid, and turned that into I went to school for cinema studies, went like the fairly, I guess, you know, almost halfway academic route. And then from school, went right into working for Fangoria, which I was very lucky. It's, you know, an institution of, of horror and horror writing. And I had been there for about eight years in various capacities. I started off as an editorial assistant. Uh, when I left, I was the editor of the website and, you know, worked in sort of writing and, and film journalism for most of that time until Shudder came on. And now I'm curating a Shudder and it's even better. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, look, now I'm talking to you as 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 uh, as Colin said during during Toronto, so that means I'm talking to you at the sort of beginning mid September time. Um, yes. And is there is there a date to go live that that you know about in terms of the UK, or is that still to be confirmed? Still to be confirmed uh, in fall, most likely October, okay. uh, but the hard date has yet to be a, a sort of decided upon. I think. Okay. So We've got a whole team of internet trolls who are doing the coding to get these films onto the service, and these internet trolls are not working as fast as we want them to. I see. Uh, be, no, we're going to be uh, up and running fairly, fairly soon, and it's just—it's just exciting. We've we've made our mark in the uh, United States. Now, yeah. the service has been up and running for a year, mm -hmm. and we've gotten so much great positive feedback, and we've really been able to kind of grow a dedicated audience because people are coming to our site and they're noticing. Wait a minute. This is actually programmed by a human hand, maybe a, a severed human hand, but a mm. human hand nonetheless, and it's not algorithms. Um, the, the problem with most streaming services nowadays when it comes to horror films is they really don't uh, have any respect for horror film fans. I mean, you as a horror film fan will know this too, where oftentimes it's like, oh, you like, you like horror films? Well, go over and play in that uh, pile of uh, zombie films and found footage films. Knock yourself out. Mm. Um, and they're simply just buying content, often just based on, oh, that looks like a good little poster. That's a good photo. Okay, you can go on uh, onto the, to the site. But what we're doing is we're going through library lists and we're going deep into archives, trying to find the classics, the gem, the cult favorites, and the new good films which are coming out. Mm. So as example, like, I mean, we saw in the, the wake of found of uh, paranormal activity, so many POV horror films. Well, we're not getting those. <laughs> we're, we're, no, no matter how much you beg and scream, we're okay. Maybe one or two, which are okay, but most of them we're not getting because we know that they were junk. So we like, we like to boast that when you come to the site, you'll kind of notice the lineup. It's kind of all killer, no filler. Everything which is on there is there for a reason. Mm. And it's going to be an all streaming service, isn't it? There's no hard DVDs or Blu-rays or anything. 
Yeah, it's just yeah. a, a, yeah, a, a SVOD, so subscription VOD, monthly uh, subscription, and you can consume as much as you want. You can binge on uh, certain threads of, of, of films in the collections. You can do whatever you want. And we're actually also moving into getting exclusives and having some TV series and short films as well. Yeah, that, that, that sort of it, it interests me, the, the, the notion of, of curating, because obviously curating is not unusual for something like a film festival. I mean, clearly, people have to sift through and watch the, the things that are submitted and decide what's going to work best together, and so on and so forth. So, in, in this world, in the world of the internet, where choice is infinite, it, it becomes no choice, doesn't it? And I think it's interesting that you're willing to back your own expertise to provide something which will be enjoyable, something which will give people discoveries. Because I think that's, I think that's one of the key things. You know, I've just come back from Frightfest and. You know, one of the main things that people talk about is what have I found? Not not what did I expect to be good, but what have I found? So I suppose that's, yeah. that's one of the keys, isn't it? I think for horror fans. And and I just to say, I mean, and you you've grown to trust like Paul and Alan and Evram on their choices, right? Mm. Um, for sure. And and so that's the same kind of thing here, uh, where it's like we're hoping that people are kind of like going to grow with us and understand what we're picking and trust us. But the other thing that we're doing, which is fun within the site, is we're also not just the – we're not the sole curators. We're getting yeah. guest curators on there. So mm. what we're doing, we've done this in the U.S. site, and we're doing this in the Canadian and the U.K. site. Uh, we're getting guest curators. So, so far, the U.S. site, we've had Robert Eggers, the director of The Witch, select mm -hmm. top five horror films that are on the service, and he talks about them. We've had Karen Kusama for The Invitation, uh, Alex Aja. Uh, did five picks, uh, and we have more people coming up. It's really, and those you'll always be able to access those curated picks on the website. Okay. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, what would uh, we have? Joe Dante coming up in the states. We're going to be doing different uh, curators, uh, a, a mix of different curators for different territories because obviously the collections are going to be different. Okay. Always be able to rely on on someone who loves horror sharing what they're excited about and what they're passionate about. But even more exciting, we're looking into getting people who are not necessarily just horror film professionals, but also authors, musicians, etc. Anyone who has a passion for horror, we'd like to try and uh, get them to give us some recommendations. I think one of the interesting things that's, that's, that's happened over, I guess, um, maybe 10, 15 years, maybe more, I don't know, um, but certainly, if I look at something that's close home to me, is, is Frightfest. When 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 that when I first started to go to that, it used to bill itself as the home of horror, and now it describes itself as the dark heart of cinema, which is a very different oh. way of describing the horror genre. And when you see the kind of content, and and, and I think you alluded to it, the way you described your own curation of the midnight movies thing is that genre, genre, uh, horror genre is like a movable feast, isn't it? It isn't. It isn't particularly one thing or another. But when you see it, you know it, so to speak. Yes, totally. It's a feeling, and I think that's why the sort of handcrafted aspect of what we're doing is important. Because, uh, I mean, that, that's a quote from you know someone very important that I'm forgetting. But horror is an emotion. It's a feeling. It's it's not, I think, as easily definable as you know this movie is or isn't. So mm. we really do want to bring that experience to Shutter, where you're going to see. Something that you can very traditionally call a horror film, you're probably going to see something you might not traditionally call a horror film. But, you know, 
I believe it is, or Colin does, or one of our guest curators does, and we'll talk about why. Because horror is an emotion, it's subjective, and it it's one of like the purest forms of movie, so everything is encompassed within it, and I'm really excited to to let that sort of breath and spectrum live within Shudder. I think it's just a, a well, you know, it's, you know, here's this, dive in. I don't know who wants to dive in a well, that was like a bad... <laughs> Uh, are you are you are you alluding to uh to Sadako versus Kai? I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what do you what do you think it is that that um that that's given it its longevity? It's sort of it, it's the it's 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 the genre that won't go away because because of this kind of morphing into it. And yeah, oh, and it's one of the oldest forms of storytelling. I mean, people have been telling horror stories forever and ever and ever, and it's how we process you know our world, our emotions, our fears, our anxieties, like. It's the, it's the best way to process all of this. I mean, I'm always going to want to watch a movie. You know, like there's movies about addiction at any given film festival. I'm always going to want to watch the one with a vampire or a monster than the one with like that's just naturalistic and someone sitting on a corner, you know? Mm. I suppose the thing with horror is you've always, you've always got the ability to do do the metaphor to point a yeah. finger at the real world at the same time. So you, you believe you're being took out of the real world, but then when you when the credits roll, you, you, you're beginning to think, oh, yeah, no, the reason that had impact on me is because I felt like it was talking about something that's familiar as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We, we just did a, um, a Q&A with um, uh, Osgood Perkins, the, uh, the director of uh, the film here is called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. And Osgood Perkins is the son of Anthony Perkins. So there's... Wow. Someone who's grown up learning about horror, and he he said um, horror films are kind of like the self help section of cinema, yeah. Uh, under like death and uh, and love, uh, and he's like when you're watching a horror film, you're going, I'm so glad that's not happening to me. Oh my god, I'm so glad that's not happening to me. And then the other part is, wait a minute, I'm going to die. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to die. So it's this kind of <clears throat> duality uh, of the horror film, but yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the one thing that we're trying to do with the site as well is we're trying to, I mean, I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm assuming since you go to Fright Fest, you're a, a diehard horror film fan. Yes. We're also trying to be a home for the novice as well, uh, where you would like to know more about horror films, and you can come and explore in a safe zone. Uh, but we like to kind of direct people to the various things because we have categories. The, the films that we're picking, we plunged into various collections. Okay. So uh, we have uh, very specific collections for like, if you want a haunted house film, we have haunted haunted habitations. Uh, of course, not all ghosts live in houses, so we have spectral encounters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have uh, you can go and uh, look for some uh, undead action and zombie jamboree. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you want films which uh, you know. Uh, about curses and witchcraft, we have hexes and o's. Um, so we're we're trying to help people get to the film that they want to watch quicker and subvert what uh, is commonly referred to as browser fatigue. Okay, yeah, no, there is there is definitely that as a as a as a member of Amazon Prime and Netflix, where the choosing has now been reduced to the same as walking around Blockbuster and not knowing what to do. Yeah, I really want people. To, I really want our members to to feel welcome and to feel like we've helped create a path for them to watch something and not just watch a list of things they want to watch. Hmm. So, in terms in terms of um, 
what 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 we're going to be able to enjoy from from a British point of view, then what 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 have you what treats have you got lined up that I guess you would call exclusive to Shudder? You know, the things oh. that people can can see me, that they won't be able to see elsewhere. Let's start there. Let me pull that up. Uh, I have I have a little handy list just because uh, both lineups for Canada and UK are like swirling in my head, so I don't want to speak out of turn. It's okay. Um, so we have a ton of stuff. I mean, as far as like older library stuff that's really exciting, um, you know, that will only be on Shutter in the UK. We have obviously, you know, one of the, the the great horror comedy, American Werewolf in London, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I think with respect to UK horror history, things like Curse of Frankenstein, um, Wreck, the Wreck movies like Wreck and Wreck Two, which are an amazing double feature, and a movie I really love, which I think fell under the radar called Lake Mungo, which really scared me. Uh, it's one of the last movies to really bother me on a level. And then we have a sort of roster of exclusive and premiere titles coming, which we're really excited about. You know, that extends to Beyond the Walls, which is an amazing French miniseries that we'll be premiering and, and sort of taking on as our own. And it's this really elegant, labyrinthian, different sort of haunted house story that I'm really excited about. We have Alex De La Iglesia's Witching and Bitching, oh, which you film. love. Yeah. Um, uh, did, did you see another evil at Fright Fest? No, that's one I've got queued up. No, I noticed that, that you've got that coming. Queue it up on Shutter. Yeah, queue it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and we so the library that we're starting with as well is very similar to how we did the U.S. launch. Mm. We're starting with around 250 titles. We okay. kind of came up as like the magic number, like okay. If you walked into a video store, how many titles need to be on those walls for you to be engaged? Mm. And then we're growing the collection <laughs> from there. I mean, currently in the U.S., we started with around 250 titles, and now subsequently that uh, library has doubled and is continuing to grow. Mm. Uh, but we are, yeah, we're, we're trying to seek out the, the the classics, the fun films, the must-sees, and the new films. What one that struck my Caught my attention in in the in the information that Chris sent me through is a Spanish one called Shrew's Nest. Uh, oh man, dude, I you, love. You guys are now best friends. I love that movie on such such a deep level, and it's I think it's really one of the best horror debut features you know we've all seen in in quite some time. And it played a lot of festivals within the last year or two, but hadn't found a home yet. And I, I feel so excited and privileged to to give this film a home. It's. Have you seen it? No, no, no. This is. I'm just reading about it, and I was just thinking to myself with um, with the with the with the other Spanish films like um, like Sleep Tight and For Alicia. Uh, I don't think Airbnb are going to do any business in uh, in Spain with the state <laughs> of their apartments. With apartment horror, it's great. <laughs> This movie is unreal. It's it has all of the elegance, I think, uh, and and just sophistication of really great suspense filmmaking, but it is so warped and twisted in its heart and where it goes in sort of its back half that I love it. I can't wait for people to see it, and they're going to be blown away by Macarena Gomez. She's incredible as the lead. I think a lot of people will remember her from Stuart Gordon's Dagon or Alex De La Iglesia's Witching and Bitching. She's like, you know, like that that term that everyone uses, like full on tour de force here it's unreal sounds amazing no i was uh, it was the, definitely the one that caught my eye when i was sort of reading through ones that I've, what i've not heard of as well so right, right. and you've got you've got rob zombie coming at the end of the year with 31 we do we do which is very cool we'll be we'll be streaming 31 which i know i mean a it's just really exciting but a lot of people will be really stoked on you know there's a lot of rob zombie fanatics in the world i really 
love his films. I mean, Lords of Salem, I think, is incredible. I, I tend to get in a lot of fights about that one because I think it's his best. But, uh, yeah, I think people are really I had, be- I had to, my, my most recent podcast that went out with a short filmmaker called Sam Ashurst. We, we purposely set the interview up so we could have the last 15 minutes to have a Rob Zombie loving. Because <laughs> because thirty one had played and I'd really enjoyed it and he's such a fascinating filmmaker I I, I think his work is really distinctive and, and interesting and cool and uh, I think he gets unfairly pegged by a lot of things you know people call out his sort of motifs and stylistic tendencies but there's a lot going on in his movies especially Lords of Salem I think that movie's so cool well I think it's it's that thing of, I mean just thinking about what you what you, you guys were saying at the start of the interview is sort of Rob Zombie's on the side of the horror fan. He's not on the side of anybody else as far as what he's trying to do. He might not get it right all the time, but oh, his, yeah. his heart is in a want-to-make-good-horror place. Yeah, and, and it might not always be to your taste specifically, but I think it's worth appreciating his own worldview, and, and I think that's what we want from our filmmakers. <sighs> I want a perspective. I want to see unique perspectives. I always want to see something that even is not to my taste, something that's unique and fascinating rather than, like, milk toast you know toast or like a ketchup or whatever <laughs> the metaphors are getting better i yeah. once had a really good conversation with this old <laughs> old musician this is total tangent and he told me he hated ketchup right. and he said because ketchup was you put on it's the only thing that you put on bland food to like make it better he's like people are just like just throw some ketchup on there and he's like i hate ketchup and it always sticks in my head and i know i'll say things like that, what are you talking about but it was a really interesting conversation now, it's now cool, i understand dude. you so much better he didn't like ketchup my girlfriend doesn't like ketchup either i've seen people put ketchup on nice food and it is surreal when they do it if you're in a yeah. in a chinese restaurant or something and you go what are you doing well, okay. Well, while we're on ketchup, I had a roommate who just he he hated ketchup so much. I mean, this is also someone who didn't like bananas. I mean, the most unoffensive food there is, and he he hated ketchup so much that I had to have the bottle on the top shelf because just the look of it made wow. him settle. And then one day we were at a diner, and of course someone was hitting the bottom of a ketchup <laughs> bottle, and. It, Loaded all over his face. Oh, oh my god, it was it was like a moment from a horror film. He I'm going to say just... there's a horror film in this, isn't there? The fear, the fear of well, con- the fear of condiments. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to tie in the ketchup tangent. <laughs> well, look, Bring an interesting back. an interesting thing I read about. At a certain point, your listeners would just be like, "What the fuck are these guys talking about ketchup?" I took you there. Go on, keep going. <laughs> um. No, one of the things that I, I read early doors with um, the press that was around Netflix was discovering films that people watched as opposed, which I know seems an obvious thing, but because it's obvious it's streaming, you have access to data that that is more read, that's more accurate, I suppose, in terms of people's viewing habits. And a surprise uh, blip for them was when they put, I think it was um, The Conversation on, which is not a film that you would consider mainstream, even though it's obviously lauded to the highest heavens. Um, but it was like, for the month, first month it appeared on the Netflix, I think this is the US Netflix, it appeared on the catalogue. It was like the most watched film, and it was like an interesting spike in terms of, you know, the kind of things that film watchers want, which obviously goes against what Hollywood is telling us by the films that they're putting out they say we want to watch. So, from your point of view, with that first year in the US as Shudder, what's been an interesting discovery about horror films that your audience have maybe picked up that while you obviously curate them and want them to think they're interested anyway, that's even surprised you in terms of its pickup. 
Well, the interesting thing is that on the site, we actually have uh, the ability, the viewer has the ability to write reviews. Okay. So that's a really fun thing. So you can, actually, you can go into the film and then scroll through the audience reviews. And I'll routinely do that when I want to see, like, if we place a, a film which is maybe a little bit more challenging, and the, the, the one I always uh, cite is Antichrist. We okay. have Antichrist on the site in, this, in the U.S. I'm not sure if we have it currently, if it's going to be on the U.K., but that's just a good case point. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, how many people did we piss off because we put Antichrist on there? And sure enough, there's those comments like, meh, oh, it's too artsy. I don't even know what too artsy means. Or they say there's too, <laughs> too many flower arrangements in that film. Um, but then you start seeing people who, I knew nothing about this film, and my boyfriend and I watched it, and we were thoroughly creeped out. And then you see people being really taking ownership of their viewing experience and being able to express why they love these, this film. So we're actually able to kind of take films and kind of take subversive films mm. and, and, and introduce them to people. But then also we're seeing data on films that have kind of fallen through the cracks yeah. uh, in the, the move from video store to online and getting them new audiences. Uh, one of the things that we do... On our social media, we have clips and trailers, and you know horror film fans. As soon as you see a clip from a film you don't know, you want to know what that film is. Of course. And you want to see that film. And so that's the kind of uh, viewer that we're, we're catering to. So um, we're seeing very interesting kind of demographics uh, and, and, and viewer numbers, but we're not, we're not necessarily analyzing those or using them as kind of like algorithms or logistics because that subverts – the human curatorial, uh, curatorial uh, nature of what we're trying to do with the site. Yeah, we're just we're we're programming stuff that we we love and that we think our members will love, and we are we're of course like watching what they love and responding to it in the sort of curatorial handcrafted way we do, which is really exciting. But I think what we see, and we're really fortunate to to love and work within a genre where people want to discover things, they want to take risks. They want to go, what is this? As much as they want to watch something they love. I mean, both feelings are valid, and, and I think we cater to both. As you want to find something like Shrew's Nest, but, like, I want to watch American Werewolf for the hundredth time. Mm. So, um, it's going to be shudder.co.uk, so that's easy enough for us to know in terms of, um, and I'll put that in the show notes when this when this is live. Um, you, have you got any... Any British filmmakers lined up for your guest creation, curations yet? Yes, of course, but uh, we cannot confirm at the moment. Watch this space. Okay. Uh, there, there have been some discussions with some people that I have been hobnobbing with here at the Toronto International Film Festival, and we will leave it at that. Um, but, um, but yeah, we are because the, the libraries are different. Yeah. Um, it's like we, you know, I, I'm I'm just excited. To, to go after them instant. because anytime you do, especially filmmakers, they like talking about other people's films. They have to talk on and on about their own films so much. As soon as you ask them what films they like and what films they'd recommend, they get really passionate about it. Yeah. Okay, then, well, that, that, that gives me my, my um, this isn't necessarily about, you don't have to be telling me films that are necessarily on Shudder as far as what you put out in um, in the UK, but as as we're Britflix, and usually the the remit of Britflix is about British films, um, although obviously this is a service 
that's going to be available to watch films in Britain. So that's all all for the good. And I have a horror bias, which I bring to the show. Um, it, it'd be interesting to get your um, your at both of you. I don't know if you. I, don't, I mean, asked this before we did the podcast, so I don't know if you did. I, I don't know if you've got your own list each. But what what oh, would be your your top three British horror films? Oh, three. Yeah, I'll, I'm probably going to go over three. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we will say that, okay, so I mean, this is going to give you just an idea of what kind of people we are. And if these films aren't on Shudder, these are the films we want to be on Shudder eventually. So, Of course, of course. Sam? Um, okay, so, well, Legend of Hell House is my favorite haunted house movie of all time. Okay. Um, girly, or Mumsy Nanny, Sunny and Girly is one of my, I love that movie. It's so demented. It's so bonkers. It's such a special movie. And I think Freddie Francis is one of the great underrated horror directors. And for his work in cinematography, too. I mean, The Innocence is brilliant. It is. Um, uh, Kill List. I think Kill List is one of the most impactful horror films of the 21st century. That movie's incredible. I could rewatch it always and find new stuff within it. Um, Blood on Satan's Claw is one of my faves. I love folk horror. I, you know, I feel like it's so special. That sort of pioneered subgenre of the UK. So no, no, Wicker Man, down. Claw, Witchfinder General, all that kind of stuff. The Stone Tape. I love the Stone Tape. The yeah. Stone Tape is insane, isn't it? To think that was that was a TV show. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Uh, what else? I, I think. I think. I think you've shown your colours. I think people will understand who you are now. <laughs> Oh, totally. I mean, that's all my stuff. That's all my vibe. Hellraiser, of course. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, Sam took Legend of the Hell House for me. I mean, when I, when I first saw Legend of the Hell House, uh, I grew up in the countryside. We had, like, three and a half channels. And when I say half channels, you could get that fourth channel on a clear night. And I remember, <laughs> I remember staying up one night to watch Legend of the Hell House. And I was so young that I was kind of like, I mean, it was special to be able to stay up that late, but it was also late, so I was starting to fall asleep. And so the dialogue from Legend of the Hell House just kind of wormed its way into my subconscious. And so I was in this kind of like lucid half waking, half dreaming sight. So I love that film so much. Um, my, uh, my first date with my wife, uh, was to see a 35 millimeter print of Dr. Fives. Really? So that, that should tell you where I'm at. Um, Quatermass in the Pit. Um, I, I love that the, uh, even the original TV version of it. Uh, and, uh, I recently, I just watched a uh, night must fall, uh, from like 1964 with Albert Finney, okay. uh, which is uh, check that out. Cause that's almost like it's Albert Finney doing like an Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates. Um, and I, I think I, it was right after around the same time he did Tom Jones. And I don't think they knew what to do with like, Hey, we've got sexy Tom Jones character. Oh, now he's this really creepy psychopath. Um, so yeah, uh, and uh, of course Hellraiser, and I would say Deathline, aka Raw Meat. Oh yeah, oh Deathline's so good. You know what movie's really cool too? Eye of the Cat. Have you ever seen that? I've not seen that, yeah. one, but, but Death Deathline has has been one of my favorite discoveries of the last five years for me. I asked, uh, I, I interviewed a filmmaker called Sean. Sean Hogan, who did uh, Devil's Business. I That's... love the Devil's Business. Hello, Sean. I love Sean. Sean. And he 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 he, he recommended that as a fan. I'd not heard of it, and I and it's one of the most amazing Donald Pleasance performances out there. I think it's. Like, just... I'm the gap. I'm the gap. It's oh. more, it's the it's the idiosyncratic use of the dart to get your tea bag out of your tea. 
in that film. <laughs> that uh, was like, I don't imagine that was on the script, and I don't imagine the director told him to do it. I imagine I, he just went, I'm doing this. He's just unreal in that movie. He's going for it in big ways. And are you familiar with uh, Cigarette Burn Cinema in the UK? A, uh, yes. Josh Sacco. He's, yeah, uh, absolutely. I'll just, I'm, I'm, while you've been talking, I've been I pulled up, we d I did a kind of Britflix vote on the best British horror films, and then I asked people to give me their five. And Josh's could be yours, uh, Sam, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's got, yeah, he's got Blood I, on I, Satan's Claw, Legend of Hell House, Mum's in Nanny, Sonny and Gurley, and House of Whipcord in his five. Oh man, House of, I love Pete Walker stuff. I love Frightmare, uh, Flesh and Blood show. I think Pete Walker's great schizo. He, he like made such weird sort of like working class sleazy stuff. Oh, Frenzy. I mean, mm -hmm. Frenzy's my favorite Hitchcock. Yep. Uh, I I think Symptoms can count as a UK horror film, even though Jose Larraz directed it. But it's it's UK countryside. It's Angela yeah. Pleasance. Well, the controversy I had when I, when I did when I did a kind of best of British from Britflix point of view is some people wouldn't accept that American Wolf in London is a British horror film. Which I've, I've I've since interviewed uh, I interviewed Paul Davis just recently, who's Beware of the Moon documentary yes. and, and now book that he launched at Fright Fest. He said, he, he said, you can't, it is, you know, Mr. Landis himself would refer to it as a British horror film. So I thought, well, if he does, then I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're going straight to the source on that one. Exactly. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's rooted there. It has a sensibility. Mm -hmm. um, it's great. I love that movie. It's my favorite movie. Right then, fellas. So um, Shudder's going to be available sort of later in the autumn. We'll be, this, yes. People will be listening to this when when we know what the date is, so that should right all work out fine. Season. Say that again, sorry. Oh, right in the midst of spooky season. Indeed, in the in the in the horror fans' Christmas or Halloween, as we call it. <laughs> um, although it's it's kind of it's a, it's a different it's a different thing in Britain than than North America, that's for sure. But uh, certainly, the shops are getting fuller of stuff now, and people are, oh, that... are having more parties on that front. Yeah, I was always surprised to find out it's not sort of. Globally fun. <laughs> no, no, no. It's very, it's fairly understated in Britain, to be honest with you. Yeah, but every every culture has their own stuff. I mean, like you've yeah, got the, the, I mean, you've got the Krampus stuff in like uh, yeah. Western Europe, and uh, man, I, I sometimes like I might want to switch out Halloween for Krampus. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, and and then in, then like in Germany, like in 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 Munich, they have like these carnival days and weeks and stuff where everyone dresses up in like yeah, everyone's got their own. Uh, this, there's, one, there's, a, there's a good one in the Scottish Isles that friends of mine went to, which is a whole kind of Viking burning ship thing. Oh, wow. wow. You know, basically like a weekend-long praise to the old Norse gods and stuff. <laughs> That's which, naughty. Which, exactly, exactly. Who's listening to black metal the whole time? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the other thing, we, we have a lot of filmmakers come on the show talking about this stuff, so a lot, of the, a lot of things we talk about is process in terms of how you make a film. Now, obviously, your place where people can see films... So, as far as new filmmakers getting their films to your attention, are you are you are you going to be using what methods you've used to this date to discover horror, or with Shudder, are you are you adapting new ways to help you try and find new films? Is that, are people able to approach you in any way, shape, or form? It's it's so. There's actually a couple avenues. Um, one is is very traditional stuff. I mean, we are. Out there at festivals, obviously Colin is a programmer. Uh, we are seeing things and loving things and very aware of 
or, or trying to be very aware of, of both who's around and who's up and coming. Mm. Uh, we, I think Colin and I are very approachable and love talking to filmmakers. And so this year we launched a really awesome initiative called Shutter Labs that I'm so pleased with and excited by and can't wait to see it grow. In this past June, we held a week-long workshop retreat in upstate New York at this estate called the Mohonk Mountain House. It's something like the Overlook Hotel of the East Coast. Sounds and amazing. We brought 10, 10 projects, 11 filmmakers out. One was a pair. And we paired them with mentors all week who talked about every, like, you know, top level directing, producing, writing. But we brought pr- distributors, uh, market, uh, the head of the, fa- the Frontiers Market at Fantasia um, to talk about pitching. We talked about story and craft and structure. And the whole idea was that these filmmakers who have really only made shorts or one very micro budget feature that we could sit with them and hopefully help what's in their head really get to the best place it can be and also, you know, help support the making of new genre and horror cinema. Okay, so that that's a, de- a definite ambition of Shudder then. You want to nurture as well as discover horror 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. That's exciting news. Well, look, thank you very much for... Um, for taking the time to or taking the time out of Toronto Film Festival to come and talk to us, that's uh, we're very grateful. Of course, that's thank you so much yeah, for like you. hanging out, talking today, listening to us ramble on about girly and ketchup and ketchup and Wells. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes, and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.